0: Sorry, sorry, people in Buffalo who might be listening to this. Both of you, I apologize profusely.
1: <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I'm just going to let us move
0: on. <laughs> the entire article was the editing error. Yeah, The whole exactly. thing.
1: Was the editing error hitting the publish button?
0: And welcome to Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 58, where our first major league hit was. by a pitch. Um, I am your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I'm joined tonight by Joshua Howsom. Josh, welcome back!
1: Thank you. You know, I I you obviously knew what the tagline was going to be ahead of time, but I still laughed at
0: it because I forgot. <laughs> it's been that sort of week where a short memory maybe maybe is uh, is all for the best. We have we have news. We have lots of news. I don't know if we have results that you're going to want, but we have news about uh, Danny Barnes and Brian Tapera. We talk about Marco Estrada and a, a s- superb start. Um, Jose Bautista touch quickly maybe on Devin Travis, uh, Marcus Stroman. Uh, these are people from we have good things to say. And then we have an injury report, which may be the long part of the podcast if we were to break it up into sections. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we have your questions, uh, which we are happy to answer. Uh, we have a couple of interesting do-overs, and we'll see what, what else we have time for. I think that, that about sums it up, because we're coming off of a two-in-three week. Which I guess Mm -hmm. we'd be pretty happy with if this was uh, April. Uh, (laughs) Two and three is uh, not necessarily going to get us there. Uh, So that was a win against Atlanta? Yep. And then... Last game
1: of the series against Baltimore.
0: Right. There's your two. Hope you enjoyed them. Um... Now, just briefly, is it, is it me or do the Jays just simply look outclassed by Baltimore this year?
1: I don't know if I'd agree with that. I mean, the games that they've lost to Baltimore have all been really, really close, and
0: a few of them have gone to extra innings. I don't know. I, I've lost the faith, my friend. I've lost the faith. I must confess.
1: That's not the same thing as saying they're outclassed.
0: <laughs> fair, fair. It's my personal bias creeping in. Um, but let's talk about the bright side. Let's talk about uh, the new shift in the bullpen, because Joe Biagini has moseyed his way into the starting rotation, which uh, has gone kind of touch and go for him. Not all bad. Mostly
1: good. That yeah. one start where he gave up the six runs in the first inning to Atlanta wasn't so great. But
0: that's before he got an out. He had given up six runs.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't good. He was actually fine
0: after that, which is um... weird, man. How does that work?
1: I don't know. (laughs) Baseball is a strange game. (laughs) And then he was really good. We were recording this on Tuesday during the Jays Brewers game. He was really good for four innings. And then it was like single, 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 single. (laughs) He gave up three runs to the
0: Brewers. Death by a thousand cuts. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Well, it happens. Uh, So in came to relieve him, Danny Barnes. Uh, Which I guess we were, I was saying maybe he's the new Joe Biagini this, this season.
1: Yeah, he actually leads the Blue Jays relievers in ERA. He's down to 2.45. Came in in that spot. Well, it was first and second, one out. But then Russell Martin let them steal to go second and third. Who Russell Martin is just stopping him to throw runners out, which is baffling. But then he struck out Braun, and then another strike could end the inning, and then got another strike out to start the next inning. He's been really, really excellent.
0: Have we looked at how he's been doing that?
1: Um, I mean, not not specifically yet, but he what he does, I mean, he just has a fastball run 91-92. He just really paints the corners with it and has a very good changeup. So he gets a lot of swings and misses with the changeup.
0: And swings and misses in, in this day and age, uh, you can rack up the strikeouts pretty quick. as
1: Pretty useful out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and then we have uh, the other side of it, which is Ryan Tapera.
1: Yeah, this is kind of the fun thing about the Jays bullpen. <laughs> the the leaders in ERA in the bullpen are Denny Barnes, Joe Smith, Aaron Loop, and Ryan Tapera. Joe Smith you might have expected coming into the season. Yeah. The other three, not so much. <laughs> Tapera has really picked up the ball for the Blue Jays. He's up to 26 innings on the season. And you know, he's come in on some spots where the starter gets hurt or blown out early or whatever. And just shut other teams down. He hasn't given up a run in May in 13 innings.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. And as much as I do not generally buy into the well, he's got a lot of confidence narrative, as we've we've made fun of some of the announcers for telling talking about Ryan Gowen's confidence. Uh I think there there is something about that to what Ryan Tapera has said about his confidence in that uh he got the ball, was it in St. Louis in the extra inning game? Um and he threw a lot more strikes. He was nibbling a lot less, and they still weren't hitting it. And sort of since then, he's he's been willing to do that—to put the ball over the plate and take his chances more instead of, you know, working trying to work around the strike zone. And he always, yeah. yeah. Go ahead.
1: Oh uh, no, just I was going to read that. I mean, the the whole concept of confidence for a pitcher actually really does matter a lot. You know, with Ryan Goins, they just try to say it whenever he has a good game and then pretend that something's happening.
0: <laughs> you know, he still
1: really sucks. But here's, here's a funny thing. Ryan Tapere's career ERA is 312.
0: That's very good.
1: It's very, very good. It's baffling. Like, you don't think about that. But he's, he's actually, every time he's come up, been a very effective big leaguer.
0: He just has options, so he keeps getting put on that shuttle to nowhere and back again
1: also known as buffalo
0: (laughs) sorry sorry people in buffalo who might be listening to this both of you i apologize profusely (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness so that's the good news about the bullpen um the bad news of course is jason grilly and probably jp howell i guess is still bad news isn't it
1: yeah. Well I mean, Jimmy Howell just never gets on the mound. It's kind of nuts. I think he's got he's up to four and two thirds innings on the season, so I mean Gibbons clearly has no confidence in Howell. He's he goes to Aaron Loop when there's a left they need a lefty out and when they need another lefty after that it's Ryan Tapero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but g- given how things have gone so far for Howell, I don't really blame John Gibbons. Um he no, can Yeah, he, he also has lost confidence in Jason Grilly, which is good because Grilly has some ridiculous home run numbers and, and, and still an inability to get people out. Uh, I did read your piece. I will not will not. Prom- uh, you don't have to promote your piece. I'll promote it. You <laughs> wrote a piece on BP Toronto. I read it today. Basically, Grilly can't get the ball out of the strike zone when he needs to. So the the fastball and the slider are all kind of in the same zone and neither of them is an outpitch at the moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, they pretty much summed it up. You took my 700 words and dissolved them into about 20.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I can't prove it with that, with 12 words. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: but that's pretty much it. He's, he's not locating at all and has a all season. And, you know, given that he's 40 and he's had issues with his control in the past, there's not necessarily a big hope that he's going to fix it
0: well yeah and i mean if i'm john gibbons i don't really have a lot of patience for him with with we still have a nine-man bullpen rolling out there
1: yeah well that's because right now well we'll get to the injuries in a bit but there's three starting rotation starters on in the rotation yeah on the, on the club
0: so yeah you're you're only carrying half an extra pitcher when you think of it that way i guess I don't, I don't know how you do that math uh but yeah certainly you don't you're not looking at the eighth or ninth guy in the pen and going, wow, I got to get him in the game. It's just like, he's just going to get lost out there. Yeah. Um, so I, I will move on to Marco Estrada and giving us a reason to not really use the pen so much.
1: Yeah. I mean, he tied his career high with a 12 strikeout game against Baltimore and just continues when he's not facing Tampa Bay to be excellent.
0: Sometimes the team has your number. Isn't that the way it goes?
1: Yeah. It's, I don't know, whatever it is they figured him out somehow which no one else in the league seems to be able to do but he was just absolutely dominant against the Orioles you know fastballs up a ton of fastballs up and then the and then change low and away and they just look stupid the entire game and when Marco Estrada was doing that nobody could hit him
0: and I think uh, a team like the Orioles who are full of big power hitters I think maybe if they're not able to pick up that change up they're pretty much screwed and, and you know that's why you get uh, an incredible number of strikeouts just a, a theory on my part
1: yeah it certainly fits with what you would expect and you know he's Estrada has been arguably the Blue Jays best pitcher and has been for the last three years and considering everything else is going on in the rotation it's really nice to have that level of consistency in a guy that you can just expect to get things done
0: and a guy who, up till this point, has not had any recurrence of any of the health issues he's had in the past, which is super nice because the problem, of course, with the rotation has not been that they've necessarily been bad. It's, uh, he hasn't been able to stay on the mound for very long this, at all.
1: Yeah, and it's funny that you say that, too, because he didn't go join Mexico in the World Baseball Classic because he was worried about his back.
0: Uh, you get five points, Mr. Estrada, <laughs> if, that, if that avoided a trip to the DL for you. Uh, or a slow start or anything else. Um, my points are not redeemable, but I figured I hand them out anyway. Uh, so there are other people, uh, on this roster who, for whom things are picking up. We alluded to, uh, Devin Travis last week. Uh, Devin Travis did set that record for doubles in May forever eclipsing Fred Lewis
1: yay <laughs> now there's a record there for someone who actually you know who has a name in the organization
0: uh so that was cool uh he, he continues he's got a, another hit tonight at least one i haven't been checked the box score lately still one so he's got an eight game hitting streak so we like that we also like the king jose bautista hitting like the kind of guy you would want in the middle of your lineup
1: yeah, so here's Jose Bautista's line for the month of May. Three oh three batting average, four eighteen on base, six oh five slugging. That's he, pretty good.
0: He has an OPS over a thousand in like a year and a bit for I any extended period of time, and there it sits.
1: Yeah, and it it, it shows up in the underlying metrics too. You know, it's like his exit velocity is up. miles per hour since since April his swing speed is up 1.9 miles so he's swinging harder and hitting the ball harder I mean those are pretty good things
0: yeah I mean if you can swing harder and and continue to make contact awesome Oh, uh, back to Devin Travis quickly I looked this up the other day because I was trying to figure out if he was really that exceptional his WRC plus which is uh, you know rating of of his production versus league average in in April was 2 which is two percent. bad. Two percent of the average batter in the league. In May, it's a hundred and fifty nine.
1: That seems a little bit better.
0: A <laughs> hundred and fifty seven point swing in in how much he compared, how much better he is compared to the league. That's just silly. You went from like unplayable to uh to one of like the top 30 players in the game i think it's just weird so uh i assume it's going to come back down to earth you know somewhere between those two numbers but still just just a wacky kind of thing to have happen uh the fact that it had these horrible numbers happened to so many blue jays batters in april really kind of put them in a corner so to speak
1: yeah i mean buried them into a big hole which they still get to climb out of i mean they're not really they're still not playing as a 500 team i mean they're Losing series. They lost the series to Atlanta. They lost the series to Baltimore. And they're not really turning it
0: around. No, they um as compared to last year, interestingly enough, you would think that the offense was the problem, wouldn't you? Based on everything we've sort of been complaining about, and we don't have Tulo and we don't have Donaldson, right? The Jays have scored, after 45 games, three less runs than last year. They've allowed I think it's eighteen more runs than last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, like, what's the rotation right now? It's Estrada, <laughs> Stroman, Bejeanie, Okay, Pulsginger, who, <laughs> and um, like the shrugging emoji. I mean, there is, <laughs> they don't have a fifth starter right now.
0: Oh, it's Wade LeBlanc, or given the way we talked about him last year, Matt LeBlanc. We could We. <laughs> you never, you never corrected me. Um...
1: <laughs>
0: so you're in for that one. So literally, yeah, we, there's four starters on this team. Now, luckily they don't need that fifth starter until what? The 30th.
1: I think that's it. Yeah.
0: But Matt Latos did accept that assignment to Buffalo, didn't
1: he? Yeah. Unless Liriano is back by then, which who knows. Yeah. <laughs> then it's probably going to be him or, or TJ house. I, I, it's the, we talked in this for training, but how this team doesn't have a sixth starter. Now they're until like they're
0: eight. We also, t- yeah. I mean, we talked to this team about how the really critical thing was that they didn't lose the third baseman because the drop off from uh, third baseman, Josh Donaldson to anyone else in the organization was just precipitous. Now, I think the funniest thing about that for tonight anyway is the drop off is actually to jose bautista which isn't the worst (laughs) thing ever
1: (laughs) the weird thing is that they put bautista at third and coglin in the outfield
0: that i i tweeted about it i'm like i what well someone pointed out one thing i'm not a big fielding percentage guy but coglin's fielding percentage at, at third so far this year is 875
1: yeah, that's not good at all. And I think it was Tao Steve had another interesting thought that they expected to be pinch-hitting for Coghlan at some point and then moving Bautista to third, so probably easier just to have him start the game there.
0: Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, I think you... I mean, you not you deferred to Bautista, but certainly I know he, a couple years ago, didn't like coming from the outfield to third base. That makes a lot of sense, that... You know, try and try and give him as much as many reps at third as possible without forcing him to change his, his throwing angle and, and everything else. But I don't know. He's not gonna be good at third either. Like especially not compared to Donaldson. Yeah. But what can you do? You don't have yeah. a third baseman. Uh there was also another argument I I, I, I was confronted with that they're expecting Tulo's return which will push Goins out to third. For what reason, I don't know.
1: But Tulo and Donaldson are going to come back at the same time, it sounds like.
0: Is that where we're at now?
1: Yeah. Because last week... we expected back on the weekend.
0: Last week, we were talking about how they Tulo was coming back. Do you remember that part of the podcast?
1: Yeah, but then they got rain in Dunedin, and then he wasn't traveling across to Port St. Lucie. just pushed everything back.
0: Yeah... Does that tell you that they don't think this team is really desperate for help for some reason?
1: No, I think it's more that they just want to make sure that nothing happens to these two guys because you know if you lose if you bring them back two games too early and it costs them another thirty games, you're really screwed.
0: You're you're just thinking they can't play them in New Hampshire or something, but they're just leaving them in Florida because that's where the facility is for rehab, and and that that that's it on the face of it. I think so, yeah. Alright, well, I will not expose any further conspiracy theories.
1: (laughs) I don't know what that was, but I'm just gonna let us move on.
0: (laughs) Uh, That was my creepy conspiracy theory guy voice, but apparently you're not a fan. It's fine. It's cool. It's all good. Uh, What other injuries do we have to talk about? Have I forgotten about someone?
1: Yeah, Aaron Sanchez is out again.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, sorry. (laughs) I I use that uh, gif of of the guy jumping out of the uh, spacecraft doing the uh, parachute jump from outer space. You remember that? Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. And just splatting into the ground unexpectedly (laughs) because he's not nearly as high up as you think. I feel like that's Aaron Sanchez's whole season. Like, let's do this. Poof. (laughs) And you run into another obstacle uh god we, we've we we were worried about like three or four things at the beginning of the season right and sanchez not putting in 200 innings was certainly on there with with other starters and lo and behold there we are
1: although with sanchez it wasn't that we were worried he was going to get the weirdest freak injury we just thought that they
0: were going to not push him too hard is this one injury or is this three separate injuries
1: I don't know it's just there's something wrong with the finger on his hand I gonna mean, just leave it at that
0: do we even know which finger it is at this point or is that still up in the air
1: uh, it's the middle finger on his picture can
0: how apropos
1: <laughs> did you just ask that so that I would say it
0: I wasn't 100% sure uh, but you know <laughs> if you're gonna put it on a T like that for me
1: yeah <laughs> Martin's back, though.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, what a relief. Actually, it is a relief because watching Luke Mayley and Ullman and I guess those were the two because Salt Lamachia is technically off the team, but wow, those are there's a serious lack of anything in the bat there.
1: (laughs) Hey, Luke Mayley did go back to back with Marcus Stroman.
0: (laughs) So as a pitcher, how do you walk back into the clubhouse and look anyone in the eye if the back-to-back home runs you gave up were to Luke Maley and Marcus Stroman?
1: You don't. Your head is straight, point, straight down.
0: Like my thought was when I heard Luke Maylie went deep, I thought, "Oh, maybe he finally figured it out." And then I heard that Stroman went deep immediately afterwards. I'm like, "What?" No, I'm pretty sure the guy just sucked. <laughs> A legit Oppo bomb, too. At exit velocity of like 99 miles an hour. That's just some good luck. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, congratulations to Strowman. Uh, I figure, oh, the injury train. We should talk about Daryl Siciliani.
1: Oh, that was unfortunate. He <laughs>
0: looked fantastic. Right up until his arm fell off. Uh, On a home run? Yes. Like, literally, right up until the second his arm fell off, he looked great. He was in a groove. (laughs) Then he came up, literally grabbing his shoulder on the way to first base. I don't think I've ever seen that before.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that same game that we're talking about. And by the way, the pitcher that these were all hit off is Julio
0: Tehran, who's actually really good. Not at home this year is what it seems to uh, have added up to.
1: And all those pitches that were held out were terrible pitches. Well, the one to Sicilian <clears throat> wasn't that bad, but the ones to Bailey and Strowman were awful. But it's just funny that, like, that's who they hit him off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever works. Uh, they needed to come out of, out of Atlanta with a little bit of pride. So that was their pride, beating up on Tehran. Uh Okay, that was the last injury. I think, finally. Did we get to the end of the injury train? I hope so. <laughs> I assume that means it's time to take some questions, yes? Seems reasonable. All right.
1: Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly.
0: Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. How does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? Maybe. Maybe we could. Maybe we couldn't. Uh, I tend to only ask the question once, though. All right. What do we got? (laughs) This
1: first one comes from Brendan Panikar. Is there a situation where the Blue Jays decide to DFA a bullpen arm when guys get healthy? Is it Jason Grilly
0: and And... JP Howell?
1: (laughs) Oh, if there is a situation. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Uh, I would assume Grilly is, is the big DFA target because he's... Not like this year is this last year, right? So they're only eating two million dollars to DFA him. Did they did they sign Howell for more than one year?
1: No, they're both one year deals. Oh
0: well, and I don't know who who whoever uh, didn't say hi to John Gibbons in the clubhouse that day may get dfa <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean I can see them sending Dominic Leone down to the to the minors if they just need a spot, but. Yeah, if it becomes an actual 40-man roster issue, I think Riley's going to go.
0: You're just hanging on until they give away that apron. You know. <laughs> we talked about this last week. Game Ops is in there going, uh... I hope they... Okay, if he gets
1: dfa I hope it's like the day before.
0: <laughs> oh, you're a horrible human being. <laughs> you know, there's some dude at Rogers Center on the phone going, <clears throat> okay, we have 386 grilled cheese sandwiches left. <laughs> so you know by the Did end of the next time for a little bit yeah. <laughs> not going to be a real popular item after that uh, next question Quinn uh, writes it, comes in with a video on a scale of 1 to <laughs> 10 how accurate is my and my brother's impression of Ezekiel Carrera now it's a 9 second video and the the, the angle is not you know 100% but uh, his brother does Come in with great confidence and miss the baseball. However, he doesn't end up on his stomach, splayed out with grass stains all up and down his.
1: But now, but the, but but the <laughs> minute he picks up the ball and throws it twenty feet over the cutoff man.
0: Oh well, yeah, okay. So, when, so you've got fact- two two things that are very <laughs> much unique, but one
1: missing element.
0: I think that's like a seven or an yeah, eight. I agree, a seven. I think it's a strong seven, maybe a seven and a half. Yeah. Um, all right. If you want to send us your Ezekiel Carrera impression, uh, and <laughs> and and you do your own laundry, um, yeah, go right ahead. We'll, <laughs> we're <laughs> accepting submissions. <sighs> oh goodness. Uh, <laughs> so Sam the Barfly at Jacob A. Bader asks, "Why isn't Roy Halladay on the level of excellence yet? Are there any other current or recent Blue Jays that should be up there?" You go first. Um, I would assume it's because they have just been waiting to set up a time where they can get the, the most bang for their buck out of the ceremony. Uh, I, I I can't see Roy Halliday not going on a level of excellence, right? He Yeah,
1: he's 100% going to be the next guy up there.
0: Uh, why do you think they're waiting?
1: Well, who knows? It could just be about working. I think he's currently working for, and I think it's the Phillies, so it might just be a time when they're just both, there's you know an emptiness in their giveaway schedule or the promotion schedule and he's available. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into this. It took a long time for it to happen with Alomar too. It's just behind the scenes stuff, but it will happen 100% that he's going to be up there.
0: Mm-hmm. As yeah.
1: for other people that belong up there that are like not active players, I, I can't really think of anybody.
0: So we're basically looking, who is the last person to go on the level of accidents? Excellent. Uh, I think it was Delgado Okay makes sense So Delgado Retired to 2007 2008 somewhere in there Something like that So you're looking at people who played for the Blue Jays Between 2008 and probably like 2012 or 2013 So I, I guess, guess you...
1: Delgado would have played a lot longer than that because he was just on the Hall of Fame ballot
0: Okay so t- so he, re- he left the Blue Jays maybe two thousand. 2006, so he would have retired in 2013 for Delgado, or 2012. Um, Yeah, early, early 2010s. So your argument, I guess, is for Vernon Wells. If you're looking for someone in that era.
1: Yeah, I, actually, that's a good one. I think he probably will go up.
0: Just because if, if you look on all of... Again, the longevity helps any player for that level of excellence thing, because they never made the playoffs in that period, so you're not really looking at a guy who you know, made a big mark like Bautista did in the playoffs. Vernon Wells is the guy everybody has to pass when they're hitting all of the milestones as they go up the Blue Jays rankings before they get to Carlos Delgado.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. I, I don't know how I, how do you forget Vernon Wells is a Blue Jays fan? But uh, he's the guy. I think he will get up there at some point.
0: All right, so there's our vote. You got a last question for me or more than one?
1: Uh, from Connor Moore at the Seahound why are some whiny baby fan bases <laughs> enraged when a stranger tosses a piece of wood after hitting a ball with it
0: <laughs> I just I liked your delivery of that question I also like the phrasing phrasing is excellent on that question uh, I really don't know the answer to that why are some wine, whiny baby fan bases obsessed with celebrating a, a, a punch over an actual on the field accomplishment what good is point. that? It's not even hockey where a punch is sort of part of the flow of the game, I would think.
1: Very well, weird. Sort of. Yeah, it's oh, people just have weird hang ups. That's kinda of the way to put it. Uh
0: the worst thing ever to me is act like you've been there. Why should I act like I've been there? I've never been there. <laughs> That's <a> good point. <laughs> why Why should I be faking that? There's no reason for me to be faking that at all. I uh, I genuinely have feelings about what's happening, and, you know, maybe they're just a uh, personal feeling about I finally got the pitch that I wanted and I hit it over the fence, and it's not contextual <laughs> in the game. <sighs> um, I think there's a lot of people who are not that way now i think that i think that change has already occurred at one level and it's a very slow process to have the announcers catch up to what might actually be going on with with fans of the team but i could be wrong
1: yeah seems reasonable
0: uh what else did we have do we have any more that's the last question that's it we should have asked earlier shouldn't we yeah, that was my bad. Next week. <laughs> Next week we're gonna go. Well, if we've moved on from questions, then uh... say the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. <laughs> but what if you could do it all over again? But
1: what I really meant was.
0: Well, we're gonna hand it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first. You, okay, you? the first one.
1: The first one has to go to Deadspin. <laughs> this is the stupidest. <laughs> <laughs> so Deadspin. So. The Braves threw at Jose Bautista in their last game of their series because Tyler, uh, Freddie Freeman got injured by an Aaron Loop fastball and they got hit seven times in the series. Stupid things, but they did it. So Desmond puts up the thing. Tyler Flowers pointed directly at Jose Bautista to order his plunking. And they show a gif of Tyler Flowers pointing with his index finger towards the inside. He's just calling for an inside fastball. <laughs>
0: oh, so there were a lot of questions for the person who tweeted that or or put that as an article even, not even tweeted it. Uh, the first question was, have you ever watched baseball?
1: That was a very common reply on <laughs>
0: Twitter. Uh, Phil Hughes got in on the act on Twitter. Did you see that? No, I missed that one. Yeah, Phil Hughes, he's like, that's just an inside fastball, but Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> else? but but then they doubled down this is the best part so after getting called out by literally everybody who read it <laughs> they, they put up a thing it's like due to an editing error this was incorrectly listed as there's no editing error they were just wrong it was the entire article was the editing error yeah, the whole exactly. thing was the editing error hitting the publish button
0: like the article only said one thing. That was the headline of the article. <laughs> <laughs> Due to our headline and concept being incorrect, we regret the error. Uh yeah. And then they left it up. They didn't even pull the post. They just the like The tweet yeah. is still up. Oh my god. People. Like <laughs> If you can't do over, at least undo. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> We'd accept it here. It's just fine. You don't even have to do over. You could just explain. We assigned a non-baseball person to the baseball desk for a couple of hours, and he got a little excited and thought he found something. But what he found was how to call for an inside pitch. Um, as a note, I do find it interesting that often the camera will go to... The catcher calling for a pitch, and if my wife and I are watching, she doesn't pay a lot of attention to these things. And I, some- and often I will go to her, it's a curveball or it's a slider, and occasionally she turns to me, she's like, "How did you know that?" I'm like, "It's a changeup because he winkled his fingers. That's the changeup symbol. Watch the catcher." <laughs> um, but announcers don't talk about that.
1: No, they don't. Um,
0: like it's some big secret. I, I,
1: it, what's really I, funny is that announcers like they can see that too, and then they will like they'll still get the pitch wrong. It's like
0: why aren't you looking at it? <laughs> like you played the game ninety nine percent of the you time. You were a catcher. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. You'll see the thumb up, and it'll be like oh, looks like it, oh, he he he, he, uh, he he pitched out or, or he threw it first. Over. Depending yeah, on it's it. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh my goodness, it's like yeah, that's what that means. Or they'll miss. the, the Announcers will also miss. The up gesture from the um, the catcher that catcher. means I I want you to miss up out of the zone. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you miss that? It's <laughs> yeah, this guy's like turning his
1: hand over and <laughs> like flipping his fingers all up.
0: <laughs> it's not a subtle little gesture between the legs at that point. Uh, yeah, weird stuff. The second do-over <laughs> is uh is a the minor league team, the Frisco Rough Riders, on May twenty-first had an event called Take Meow to the Ball Game. (laughs) Now, I can only assume that this was a result of someone coming up with the clever pun Take Meow. Ah, Ha, that's hilarious. You know what? We should let people bring their cats to the ballpark. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I understand you want to be equal opportunity in that dog owners often have dog days at the ballpark and you're allowed to bring your dog. Which makes sense to me. I'm I'm neither a dog nor a cat person. I don't really have either of them. So I'm not trying to slag on anybody here. But I know dogs are community animals that like to get together. Cats are territorial hunters that get stressed when any other cat is in their territory. (laughs) Makes sense. So let's bring your cat to... a completely unknown neutral ground where there are potentially dozens of other cats and force them to spend time together all in one little enclosed area in center field (laughs) too on a leash (laughs) because so (laughs) many cats like going out on a leash i mean i see people out walking the cat all the time what the, and their justification at the bottom of the promo here on baseball america I, I don't know if that's the official line, but it's cats have nine lives, baseball games have nine innings sounds like a perfect match, right at one cat death per inning if they're fighting, <laughs> you have no cats <laughs> left by the end of the game who who came up with that really <laughs> so well,
1: I think it was the Frisco
0: Rough riders <laughs> the art department somebody ah. Somebody's making up the poster going, oh, yeah, I'm sure this will be fine. <laughs> Maybe I should point out to that they're not social animals. That That's not how it works for cats. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, apparently it did go off relatively trouble-free. Although I don't know that that happy was was the way the cats were. Also, all cats got a free bandana, which I know as a cat is a high-priority item to go home with.
1: <laughs> this is by far the longest we've talked about
0: cats on this podcast. It just makes so little sense, I must confess. Yep. Uh, are you ready for a quick stump to Josh?
1: Oh, we are doing it?
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, we're doing it.
1: No, it's Josh. Oh, that's a bad guy. You don't want to fool
0: with him. So this was a uh, submission on Twitter from a uh, longtime podcast listener, Alex Hume. Alex at ahume ninety two says, which former Blue Jay sprained his ankle rounding the bases after a home run? I won't give you the year because that's gonna be one of your clues.
1: Former Blue Jay sprained his ankle rounding a home run.
0: Yeah, uh, apparently it's not Stump the Josh, it's it's Wacky Injury Trivia with Greg and Josh.
1: <laughs> that seems to be the case. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so if you have a Stump the Josh question that isn't directly injury-related, we're all for those two. <laughs> Someone sprained uh, his yeah, ankle. Yeah, I definitely need a clue, I don't know. So the year is 2005 when he sprained his ankle.
1: 2005, huh? Okay... Yeah, that's not enough of a clue. That's just a lot of people played in 2005.
0: Yeah, Blue Jays infielder with a nickname Orlando Hudson. Yes, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I bet you Orlando Hudson does. <laughs> uh, so you were uh semi stumped, yeah. Yeah. Really, really tough question. <laughs>
1: no I mean, it's memorable for guys like Coglan and Morales because they were out for a year and a
0: half. Yeah, and I they don't were think walk ups the sprain, probably not so much. But uh, we, you specialize in the obscure question, so we're we're gonna we're gonna keep That's bringing true. them at you. I That's, like
1: it. It's like what's well, like so so years from now, which player
0: separated his shoulder hitting a home run for the Blue Jays? <laughs> no, I don't don't want Daryl Siciliani injury <laughs> trivia ever <laughs> just ever uh, I think we have covered um, another week in the life of this bit of a sad sack team as it were um, I will take my final thought first <clears throat> which is the, pretty much the same final thought I've had I think going on as a theme here as it stands now if we don't have to talk about the Blue Jays and their playoff potential until they're at 500 I already know we're not talking about that next week. Still. Mm. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, we got close the week before, but then they went and lost three out of four in Atlanta. I didn't have to worry about talking about the Blue Jays in playoffs anymore. Do you have a final thought, Josh?
1: I do. So we didn't mention this at the top, but Anthony Alford has been called up to the big league roster. Seemed like it was going to be just a one-day thing, but they decided to keep around and... He got his first major league hit today while we we're recording this. Uh, RBI, or no, no, not RBI, but just a double off the center field wall. I want to talk about this because I've had the chance to talk to Anthony Alford. I did an interview with him once. And then every time I go to the clubhouse, if he sees me, he wants to, he says, hey, how's it going? He's just the nicest guy I've ever met at the ballpark, and I could not be happier for him.
0: And it's it's pretty awesome. When Did you hear what he thought when he got when he was told by his manager that he got called up?
1: That he was going to triple-A? Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the coolest. It's like, oh, man, I'm going from double-A AA to triple-A. No, no, you're going to the show. What? <laughs> really? Couldn't
1: happen to a better guy. I love it.
0: Uh, I do have one quick question about that. Sure. I thought the reason that they called him up was to play center field.
1: for That one game while Pollard was out. And they put him sp- in. We didn't even talk about that.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even think that can fit into a final thought. No, I mean, just
1: here, here's your final thought. Go read the two pieces on our site about that because they cover it beautifully.
0: Uh, I am 100% in favor of that. Uh, Gavin Pilar is living one down and rightly so. Yeah. Okay. On that note, you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem and I have been Greg Wisniewski at coolhead Twenty Ten. And this has been Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 58, and we will see you next week.